So, inshallah ta'ala, we are going to uh, continue uh, with our tafsir of Surah Al-Takweer, inshallah ta'ala. Um, continuing with ayah number 10, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَعَدْ عَوْذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَإِذَا الصُّحُفُ النُّشِرَاتِ So, we had just discussed the trial of uh, this young child being put on, you know, being asked, you know, for what sin were you killed? And the answer is obviously no sin whatsoever. And so now Allah ta'ala is describing this concept that is public, that everybody's going to be put on trial, everyone is going to have their deeds exposed. وَإِذَا and when suhuf as sahifa is a page or the scroll or scripture, whatever term you want to use. Nushirat means to spread out or to be made public. And another reading which is valid is Nushirat with a shadda on it. In the previous surah, in Surah Abasa, so this is Surah 81, in Surah 80, we learned about other suhuf. Which suhuf were those? Allah Ta'ala said, Fi suhufim mukarramah, in recorded or honored sheets. And so it's really interesting that you have these two different types of suhuf being mentioned. One in the previous surah, which is talking about the Quran, revelation, and how these are the scrolls that Allah Ta'ala has sent down, or you could say these pages or uh, uh, the, the suhuf that are. Uh, having uh, Allah Ta'ala's revelation in it, and then now you're having a different type of suhuf, which are what? Your deeds. And so what is the lesson in all this? The lesson seems to be, if you ignore Allah's pages, then you'll be in trouble with your own pages. I'll say that again. If you ignore Allah Ta'ala's pages, then you're going to be in trouble with your own pages. So better to take care of and focus on uh, what Allah Ta'ala has said so that you can fix up your book of deeds, inshallah Ta'ala. And there are many different related ayat in regards to this. Allah Ta'ala says, وَنُخْرِجُ لَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كِتَابًا يَلْقَهُ مَنْشُورًا Allah Ta'ala says, and we will produce for him on the day of resurrection a record which he will encounter uh, spread open. So you're going to find all of your deeds open on that day. Allah Ta'ala in fact says, it's interesting that you find this, this, this verb of iqra, the command, read, is obviously, we, when we think iqra, we think of what? The, the beginning of revelation, right? Iqra bismi rabbika ladhi khalaq. Read in the name of your Lord who created. But there's another time that Allah Ta'ala mentions iqra. It's on Yom Al-Qiyamah where Allah says what? Iqra kitabak kafa bi nafsika bi nafsika hasiba. It'll be said read as in read your record. Iqra kitabak read your personal book. Sufficient is uh, is yourself against you this day as an accountant. In other words as, as, as a hisab, as an accounting, you will be sufficient and your own reading of your own text. So again, you have this concept of what? Two types of iqra. Either you can do iqra in this life, read Allah Ta'ala's words, or you're going to have to be doing iqra in the next life, reading your deeds. It's really amazing how Allah Ta'ala put these parallels, both with the word iqra and with the term suhuf in Surah 80 and 81, right next to each other, the whole concept that there's two types of suhuf, the ones that are from Allah and those that are uh, 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 personal to you. SubhanAllah. We know that these words are all recorded because Allah says, "Ma yalfidhu min qawlin illa ladehi raqibun atid." Man does not utter any word except that with him is an observer prepared. In other words, all of your deeds are being recorded by the malaika, by the angels on your uh, sides. Bal yuridu kulum rim minhum an yuta suhufan munasharah. Rather, every person among them desires that he would be given scriptures spread out. They want, we all want our own types of scripture. We wish that the Quran would conform to us, but Allah Taala says it won't be like that. No, rather you have to conform to what Allah Taala has. Has revealed. Furthermore, the Prophet tells us what? This is a very, very important hadith. The Prophet tells us what? Whoever believes in Allah and the last day, let him speak good or be silent. May Allah Ta'ala forgive us and may Allah Ta'ala protect us. Every single word that we utter, everything that we say, every little joke, every little this, it's all going to be in our book of deeds and we're either going to be proud of it or we're going to be ashamed of it. So subhanAllah, so if you believe in Allah and the last day, then what should you do? Speak good. 
or just simply say, you know what, this is a ni'mah from Allah. The fact that I can think, the fact that I can be clever, the fact that I can influence others by conveying my thoughts and ideas. This is all in the control of Allah. This is all a gift from Allah. So let me take this more seriously and therefore what? Be very cautious to make sure whatever is in my book, it's something that I am proud of. It's something that I can be happy with. And we have to remember also that every end is a new beginning, as they say. Every end is a new beginning. So you can notice the contrast between the surah and how it began. And uh, began with what? The sun was being wrapped up. And now that we're getting closer to the end of this whole, because it's going to move to the next section in just a moment. But anyway, now that we're wrapping near the end of this saga, so it's this dunya, the, the sun is being wrapped up, and now we're talking about what? The opposite, the deeds are being spread out. So I number one versus I number ten. You have the, it's very, from a linguistic perspective or from a thematic perspective, this, it's, what does it represent? It represents that this world and the test of it is becoming wrapped up and coming to a close. Whereas the world of recompense is now spreading open and now you get to see the fruit of your labor. So this point is made extremely clear by the very next ayah. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذَا السَّمَاءُ كُشِيطَتْ And this ayah I think is really, really remarkable for a number of reasons. One reason is because uh, uh, the, the, the root letters of kaf, uh, sheen, and ta, uh, kashata, or kushitat, is the only time it's mentioned in the Qur'an, which is uh, common with, uh, in this surah. You find a number of words are only brought up this, in, in this surah. It's very, very unique in that sense. However, what does it mean? And when the sky is stripped away. When the sky is stripped away. Now this isn't, let's be clear, this isn't referring to the destruction of the sky during the apocalypse. Because we've already been through that. We know from ayat number one all the way to six was what? Talking about the destruction of the universe and everybody passing away. Then from seven onwards was about resurrection and this new uh, judgment taking place, right? So this is in the second section, not in the first section. So rather this is stripping away of the sky seems to be happening after everybody has been resurrected for judgment day. So what could this be a reference to? It seems to be the, that the sky is being removed why? So that heaven and hell are approaching humanity. So subhanAllah, imagine heaven and hell taking up so much space that, it's, that the sky above, in some, and Allah knows how this is, I, we can't describe it, we can't imagine it, but you do your best to imagine that heaven and hell as they approach, it's as if all of their reality no longer exists. You get to see the reality behind this reality. You get to see that all this universe, all of it was, you could say, the shadow or the, the dream world. In fact, Ali ibn Talib, he has a very beautiful quote uh, which is attributed to him. It says, An-nasu niyamu fa'idha matu intabahu. That people are asleep and when they die, they wake up. And so subhanAllah, it's as if this ayah is saying, listen, everything prior to this was just the dream world, was just the fake, uh, you know, the testing. Uh, it was all the simulation, if you will. Uh, matrix, if you will, if you want to go from a, a movie perspective. All of it was what? It was just the simulation. What, what, what is this reality? Once everything has been stripped away, there's only two realities, heaven and hell. That's it. That's all you got left. So subhanAllah, And this is exactly why the next two ayats are That Allah Ta'ala right after that mentions, look, there's only two realities from here on in, heaven and hell, which is exactly emphasized in the next two ayat. And what's interesting also is this word kushitlat, not only is it unique that it's only mentioned once, but in addition to that, what does it mean? Kashata means to skin or to peel something. It could be a fruit when you're peeling a fruit. It could be an animal like a kashat, is a butcher because it's in the fa'al pattern, which is the repetitious pattern. Pattern. So, a kashat means the butcher, somebody who slaughters and skins the animals over and over again. So when Allah says wa ida sama ukushitat, when the sky is peeled off, is skipped, uh, is stripped away. Now, what's fascinating about this is that, first of all, it gives a sort of rough, um, you know, when you think of skinning something, it's kind of uh, it's harsh in a way. Uh, number one. Number two, when you skin, let's say, uh, a dead animal, what do you see underneath? What, what color is it? 
What color? What, red, right? <laughs> Easy question, right? Uh, red. So, subhanAllah, it's, 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 it's red underneath. It's, it's, it's a blood red. And so, what could, when you think of the sky being peeled back, and then theoretically, well, when you skin something, you see red. Well, the very next ayah is, uh, when the hellfire is set ablaze even more. So, the very next ayah is talking about what? could be that now you're going to see that red. You're going to peel back this world and you're going to see, first and foremost, the most prominent is as the hellfire gets ignited, you see that red. That's one perspective. Another one is that this could be the reference to what? Allah Ta'ala saying, Allah says in Surah Al-Rahman, ayah number 37, and when the heaven is split open, so this could be a reference to what? It's peeling the heavens back. When the heavens are split open and it becomes a rose color, rose colored like oil. Rose-colored, so a murky, rose-dark color. Kind of reminds you of what? Kind of like blood, to be honest. And so, subhanAllah, this could be a reference to what? The, this same concept, that when this reality gets peeled back, and then you get to see Jahim first and foremost, is most prominent. So yeah, Al-Farra, he says, the sky will be removed and flipped. And there's other ayat uh, in this regard that, that, that emphasize the same idea. Uh, that with the day when we will fold up the heavens like the folding of the sheets uh, for the records. Then Allah Ta'ala says in the next ayah, And when the hellfire is set ablaze. It could also be read with no shadda, su'irat. Uh, what does sa'ara, yusa'iru, uh, uh, mean? It means to make a flame tower extremely high. It's to set something ablaze to make it burn extremely high. It can, uh, uh, therefore, this is being ignited for the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is igniting this fire so that the disbelievers can see it. We know that in the previous surah, again, referring back to, because it's always nice to compare the two surahs that are next to each other. Surah Abasa, which is the surah pre previous to this, Allah Ta'ala describes the disbelievers having what on their face? The surah finishes, ayat 40, 41, and 42, the, uh, the surah finishes talking about the disbelievers having soot on their face. We all know that when there's a fire, right, you get that uh, soot that, that comes onto your face. Allah says, And other faces on that day, as in the people who are wicked, on that, on that day will have dust upon them, blackness will cover them. Where is this soot coming from? Where, why are their faces being blackened? Why? Allah Ta'ala is now clarifying and telling us why. Because it starts to blaze even more, and so you can see that the soot is gathering upon them. Those are the disbelievers and the wicked ones. Now, the question might arise, why give the disbelievers a preview of hellfire anyway? Like, why not just be like, okay, you're evil, so just in hell, like instantaneously. What, what's the whole idea behind this preview? And subhanAllah, it is very terrifying, but uh, I, I actually did a, 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 a somewhat of a deep dive, and it's not that impressive or anything, but I tried to do a, a, a sort of research into the psychological uh, torture, because the thing is, it's not just physical. Uh, throughout the Quran, you find that there is the physical element of the Hellfire, and then there's a psychological torture, and, and this is actually quite extensive. But anyway, just one point in, in, in regards to this. If a prisoner has been sentenced to death, then each time the guard walks by or touches the keys to his cell, his heart jumps into his throat out of fear, and he'll die a thousand times before he's actually killed. This is the psychology behind showing the punishment and the reward before entering into it. The idea is what? That Allah Ta'ala is describing what? I, I want you to see it before you go into it, because that adds to the anticipation, and therefore it's a punishment on top of another. May Allah Ta'ala protect us, may Allah Ta'ala keep us safe from the hellfire, ameen ya rabbil alameen. But then beautifully Allah Ta'ala follows up with what? وَإِذَا الْجَنَّةُ أُزْلِفَتْ Now this is a very, very beautiful ayah. Jannah already exists. It's already waiting for the believers. And in the previous surah, Allah Ta'ala described the faces of those who are beaming with joy, those who are radiant 
and they are just lit up. Why? Because these are the people who are righteous, the people who receive their book in the right hand, those people who are destined for paradise. Allah Ta'ala says, Some faces on that day will be bright, and they'll be laughing and rejoicing at the good news. So why are, what, why, why are their faces lit up? Why are they laughing? Why are they having such a good time? Because Jannah uslifat, because Jannah is approaching them. Now, az, uh, Azlafa is mentioned four times in the Qur'an. Every time it's in the uh, 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 verbal form, which is the normal uh, uh, sentence structure. Or, in Surah Shu'ara, in Surah Qaf, you find these ayat where Allah is saying, that Jannah approaches. Why is it Jannah? Why do you switch the order? This is abnormal because it makes it more emphatic. Why is it more emphatic? Because these ayat are addressing the disbelievers. Whereas these other ayat that I just mentioned that have the, the normal sentence structure in Surah Shu'ara and in Surah uh, uh, Qaf, they are less emphatic because the believer already believes in paradise. So it's so particular. I mean, I, I want you guys to appreciate for a second how detailed this Qur'an is that when Allah is speaking to the believers, He knows they already believe in paradise. Right? Allah just says, Paradise is going uh, uh, you know, to get closer to you and approach you. And the sentence structure is in such an order where it's like, I know you know. Whereas when Allah is speaking to the disbelievers, you find that the switch is made. Why? To make it more emphatic. You don't believe it, but guess what? It's going to happen. Yes, paradise is going to approach those righteous people that you've been making fun of and you've been harassing, you've been mistreating. It is indeed going to happen whether you like it or not. So subhanAllah, it's, 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 it's uh, detailed. This is the Qur'an. This is the perfection of the Qur'an. Nobody can go and look at the Qur'an and say, you know, why was it worded this way? It would have been better if it was slightly worded differently. No, subhanAllah, everything is worded perfectly. And what's also even more beautiful is that this word, uzlifat, to approach, is different than qurribat. Qurribat also means to approach, right? In Arabic, you know, qarib, yani, somebody's close. But what's the difference? Qarib means close, just, you know, I'm close, that's it. It's very straightforward. Whereas, uzlifat uh, implies an emotional element as well. As in, Jannah doesn't, doesn't just uh, uh, come co- close to you because it's forced to, just because it's dragged to you and, and it has to. Rather, Jannah wants to take in the believers. Paradise wants to honor the believers. Paradise is excited to take in the believers, subhanAllah. So this is the beautiful description of paradise that Allah Ta'ala is using language that implies what? Excitement and enthusiasm, that it's excited to treat you in the best way and to give you pure joy, subhanAllah. Yes. And this is, by the way, this word, uh, uh, the, the, this, these root letters of uh, zay uh, and lam and fa, this is where you get the word muzdalifa, for those of you that are you know, more familiar with hajj and so forth. Muzdalifa, that's where you get this word of uh, azlafat and so forth, uzlifat, etc. Then final ayah that we're going to cover for tonight, inshallah, I don't want to make it long, is Allah Ta'ala saying what? Now, after, when this happens, because there's, there's been 13 ayat, 13 ayat, Allah Ta'ala is building. When the sun is wrapped up and when the stars are knocked out of place and when and when 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 all these things take place finally we get the jawab we finally get the answer when all this happens what alimat nafsum ma ahdarat so it's been a huge build up alimat means a uh, means to know alimat nafsun means each and every single soul will know what ma ahdarat what it has brought forth what it has brought and presented every single soul will know exactly you will know exactly what you've done 
The deeds are open, but you don't even need it. Why? Because, I mean, of course, the deeds are evidence, right? But at the end of the day, do you really need that evidence? No, because at every step of the way, you knew exactly what you did. You knew exactly who you were and what you accomplished. This verse can be interpreted a number of ways. It could be that when heaven and hell finally approach, the sky has been pulled back, you see finally the result of all of this. Heaven and hell, that was what all of this was about. Finally, when you see it, every soul will know at that time what they've brought forth, what deeds they've done. That's one interpretation. A second interpretation is what? After listening to these ayat, after listening to all these descriptions, every soul knows right now what they've done. You know exactly what you've done. So it could be understood both ways. And Allah knows best. And yes, every soul will know what it has to present in what? Ahdarat, yani fi suhuf. It knows what it's presenting in its uh, scrolls, in its book of deeds. And what's also interesting is that, again, the sentence structure has been switched. You, we would have expected what? An-nafsu alimat ma ahdarat. We would have expected this ab- abnormal sentence structuring. Why? Because that's how it was for the first 13 ayat. You would have expected it in the uh, nominal form, not in the verbal form. So why the switch to this normal sort of sentence structure? It's actually quite beautiful. Because nobody needs convincing. Everybody knows that when the end is near... Our, 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 our lives flash before our eyes. We remember everything that we've done. Everything was summarized in an instant. So there's the less, uh, it's less emphatic. Um, it's more of a factual sentence that's being used. It's just factual. You know. You know what you've done. Like, it, just, it doesn't need to be stressed. Why? Because after this point, after all of the, you've witnessed the entire, you know, universe coming to its destruction. You've been resurrected. Your deeds have been placed in front of you. And the, the sky has been pulled back and you finally see the reality of heaven and hell. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to emphasize at this point. Now it's just a fact. You know what you did, right? So subhanAllah, the sentence structure is very powerful. In other words, all the previous ayat uh, from 1 to 13 were in an unnatural form, the Jumla Ismiyyah, to imply shock because everyone will be shocked at each of these events. Yet the answer to all of these different conditions is a Jumla Fi'liyah, the natural form. Why? Because accountability was something that we all knew would happen deep down and because after witnessing everything prior, this step is extremely obvious. There's no need for emphasis. And by the way, you could put this jawab, this answer, behind every ayah. So when Allah Ta'ala says, إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ When the sun is wrapped up, عَلِمَتْ أَحْضَرَتْ Every soul knows exactly what it did. وَإِذَا النُّجُومٌ كَدَرَتْ And when the stars fall out of their place, Every soul knows exactly what it did. So each and every single ayah, you can place this answer because it belongs after each sentence. So every single one of these events, what are you thinking? As a human being, you're thinking what? I know what I did. I know what, I, I know what I'm bringing to Allah Ta'ala. You know everything that you've done wrong. Anybody who remembers, you know, grade school, you get your name called. I don't know if it was like this for you guys. We had the little, the little you know, Nasser Kareem, please come to the <laughs> principal's office, right? Every step of the way, walking towards that principal's office, and you're thinking, what did I do? What did I do? What did they catch me on? You know, I wasn't a very good kid, so I did a lot of bad things. So they caught me on all sorts of things, right? So when I got called to the principal's office, when you, you, don't, you, don't, you, do, you know exactly what you did. You start listing everything that you, they possibly could have caught you on, right? So we all know this, that the moment you get called, and the moment it's that time where you're seeing the results, everything lists in your mind extremely quickly. So yes, um, as Allah Ta'ala says, لكلم, and this is ex- again in the, in the previous surah, Allah says what? For every man that day will be a matter adequate for him. Everybody will be completely, uh, 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 what's it called, sufficed and will be completely occupied. They will not have any time for anybody else because they'll be completely occupied by their own Problems, their own history, their own deeds. Everybody will be completely preoccupied with their own lives. And so this is an example of this. You know exactly what you did on that day. 
And yes, ahdara also means to be, to bring forward for presentation. There's an element of force being mentioned in this. And so the final point that I want to mention is what? That you can see how interestingly uh, you, you have stages of a trial. This is the last point, inshallah ta'ala. That in ayat, uh, from, from, because remember how we said from one to six is talking about the destruction of the universe, right? And then from seven onwards is all about the resurrection. So if we look at ayah number seven, وَإِذَا النُفُوسُ زُوِّجَتْ That's the gathering in court, right? So think about, think about this like a trial. Everybody has to gather in court, right? Everybody's resurrected, and they're all brought together. Then ayat 8 and 9 is the trial itself. Now we're, now we're getting a taste or a flavor of the trial. When this young, buried daughter, girl, was killed, what was, she's going to be asked, what, what did you do wrong? So this is an example of what? After the gathering comes the trial. Then what? Now the evidence. Think about a trial, right? Gather everybody. Have the discussion. You bring the trial. We got a lawyer with us. Alhamdulillah, he can correct me if I'm wrong. So, then you have evidence. And then what's next? Then, then the reveal of the reality behind our own. As in, the reality settles in. The sentencing. This is, this is, this is the result. This is what you get for what has been done. And then you see the sentencing itself is what? When hellfire is brought, is set ablaze and when paradise is brought near. And then finally what? There's a moment of acceptance where you just, you can't fight anymore. All the evidence has been proven. The trial is done. Everybody was brought forth. Everything is clear. And there has to be a moment of acceptance. And what is that? You know exactly what you did. There's no point of even arguing, fighting, struggling. There's no getting out of it. It is what it is. So subhanAllah, may Allah Ta'ala protect us. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who can appreciate these ayat. May Allah Ta'ala make us uh, bring this reality of this life in front of us and make us realize that all this is a test. And I'm very excited, inshallah Ta'ala, uh, next week we can begin the next set of oaths. SubhanAllah. Allah Ta'ala starts with oaths afresh, subhanAllah, and you see that the whole surah takes a whole new direction, and we'll see how all of it ties together, inshallah Ta'ala. That'll be for next, next week. Zamdal khairan, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala, wa barakatuh.